When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Now it's time for a long walk to Cleveland with Rudy Povich. Good luck finding a DJ who can move and shake like this. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and every morning live on Instagram. That shit sounds pretty good on blow. Mixed with tequila and wine. On an empty stomach. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me on a long walk to Cleveland. I am Rudy Povich. The podcast approves life is a lot of work for a little in return. A couple of things going on. First and foremost, your merchandise. Got a couple of orders in yesterday, so thank you guys very much. Highly appreciated. You can find merchandise right now, rudypovich.com. Uh, also, coming up tonight, as you hear this, Wednesday night, September 29th, uh, I was last minute added to a show, a storyteller's showcase at the House of Comedy. Uh, there is a Rolodex, a pantheon, if you will, of ridiculous shit that we could probably discuss. So I'm trying to boil it down to like, I don't know, maybe three stories that are each about five minutes because they're giving me about 12 to 15 on stage tonight. I'm like, dude, I don't It's so hard to boil it down, man. It's so difficult to boil it down. But I don't know. We'll, we'll try. We'll see. I don't know. I got a list of like probably the top 10. <laughs> Do you go with stripper stealing the television? Do you go a little sad like when Kinley, my daughter, was sick when she was a baby? You know, do you talk about the time that your dad didn't recognize you? There's all sorts of fun stuff you could bring up. But just which ones? Which ones are going to be the juicy ones that are going to, you know, have a little bit of meat on their bones? We'll check it out. That's tonight. I believe showtime is 730 at Mall of America. Uh, House of Comedy. So, uh, also coming up on September. No, we're already into October. My goodness. Uh, October 8th, I'll be at Sisyphus Brewing along with Joey Hamburger. October 9th, I will be at City Winery in New York City. October 22nd, we'll be over at the Hog's Breath in Roseville. And then I was just asked November 18th at a comedy club called Jokers in Grantsburg, Wisconsin. Uh, I will be, uh, I'll be up uh, with my buddy, Jim Norder. Olina, the bicycle story when you were 13. See what I mean? So many ridiculous stories you could go with. I've tried a few different times bringing that bicycle story on its feet, on a stage in front of people. And sometimes, I don't know, I got to keep working on it because it's a great story. If anybody doesn't know, I, I was, uh, I don't want to give away just in case we do that story tonight. But I'll give you the, the quick broad strokes of it. <laughs> strokes. I was basically, basically what happened was I had gone to a girl's house when I was like 14 and I had never ejaculated before. And I had gone to her house and we made out. And then my mom called and said, get your ass home. So I jumped on my bike and we lived way out in the middle of nowhere. And I rode my bike home. And because of me riding my bike vigorously to get home and me thinking about making out with this girl, the friction between my pants and my leg caused me to come in my own pants. And I crashed the bike because I had never felt that before. <laughs> but yeah, I've tried to bring that, uh, that story to its feet a couple of different times. And every time I do, I can never tell it. Like if I'm just on a radio show or if I'm just doing like an interview or something, 
it always comes off so much more relaxed and cleaner. And I don't know why I can't figure out a way to make that story work. And there's got to be a way because the story is so ridiculous and it's so silly, you know. And the fact that the, the kind of the button on that story is, as Mel says, that story never gets old. The button on that story is when I got home, my mom was like, dude, you are super late. Get your ass in the car. And that is how I spent, uh, I spent my grandmother's 89th birthday with cum in my pants. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe we bring that one to its feet tonight. We'll definitely, uh, we'll give it a whirl. We'll see what's up. But uh, November 18th, that next show uh, is coming up at Joker's Comedy Club. Grantsburg, Wisconsin, like 90 minutes north of Minneapolis. I don't get a chance to go to Wisconsin very often. So when my buddy Jim called, was like, dude, you want to hit it up? I was like, absolutely. I'm on board for sure. Hey, a couple of quick things only because uh, I want to say thanks to everybody who said thank you uh, or congratulations. I finally posted about the Adam Carolla job and it's everything I ever wanted. It's awesome. Those guys are great. He's hilarious. You know, the behind-the-scenes people are fucking amazing to work with. It's uh, There was a sense of pride yesterday. People were asking, like, dude, are you, so you're moving to Los Angeles? I'm not. I'm not. First and foremost, I have a job that is here, and that is being a dad. The most important job is being a parent. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's not. Trust me. It's not. It's a fun job, but it's not the most important one, you know? Tell that to fucking the guy who's got to, like, control the space shuttle from NASA. He's like, listen, my kids will be just fine. Meanwhile, I got four guys orbiting the planet. I got to try to get back to Earth safely. So, fucking, we can debate that, all right? But my, um, uh, uh, what were we talking about? Children, kids. Oh, staying here. That's what it was. Jesus, lost track of mine. Um, yeah, so I'll be staying here. So, if there anybody was asked, I know a couple people said, hey, have fun in LA. I'm like, fuck that city. I am not moving to Los Angeles. Fuck. Los Angeles sucks. I've told you guys before that when I took my daughter out to uh, California to road trip from San Diego to San Francisco, she spent three days in San Diego at my buddy John's place right on the beach, and it was awesome. And she's like, oh, my God, California is amazing. Look at this sunny skies and water and oceans and, you know, cool people and skateboards. It's fucking amazing. And then we got to Los Angeles, and she's like, what the fuck war-torn country is this? This can't be this can't be an hour and a half north. What? Where are we? What is this place? She hated it. I hate LA. I don't I can't stand LA. LA sucks. It's so bad. Why would I ever want Dude, it's like we have everything that we can possibly want here, right? I mean, great city, good economy, cost of living is down. LA is nothing but goddamn you know, vagabonds and people, you know, asking you for change every two feet and zero parking and smog and fucking no, 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 can't do it. Don't want to do it. Got to stay here. Got to stay in Minnesota. So, uh, yeah. So thanks to everybody who had asked if I will be moving out to LA. I will not be. So fucking, yeah. So we got that going on for us. <laughs> Thank God. Also, because uh, somebody thought that it was a uh, apropos to drop me a line. I've seen Rick Astley do this before, but I wanted to play the audio because I really dug it. And I think I, I dig Rick Astley, not only because, you know, never going to give you up, never going to let you down is such a killer 80s track. But the fact that he's kind of embraces his one hit wonder ish, you know, I guess. I mean, sort of embraces it anyway. But the guy's a very talented artist. And 
I think it was a couple of years ago, he had jumped online and, oh, I remember what it was. The Foo Fighters did a cover of Never Gonna Give You Up. And then he went on to go do a cover of the Foo Fighters Everlong. So apparently this was just like at a tavern, or I guess a pub, a pub if you will, a pub in London. But dude's just like covering the Foo Fighters, man. And this is easily, I know it's like one of their first songs, but this is probably one of the best, right? Love it. Oh. And he seems like such an affable dude that, you know, oh, you're the type of guy I want to go get a beer with. Fuck yeah, I want to drink a beer with Rick Astley. Are you kidding me? I mean, that guy is just like, of all the memes and all the Rick rolls and all that shit, dude, like, he embraces all of that. He doesn't shy away from it. There's a couple of like, one, I bet if you found Lou Bega from Mambo Number no. 5 these days, he'd be like, what the fuck happened to me? You know? There's a reason why... He does, He showed up on like that one American Express commercial for a little while because he was like, trust me, this shit goes away fast. Yeah, I was on top of the world and now I got nothing, but I got my American Express card. You know, like there's a there's a sort of a a level that you get to that fast and you haven't really worked up the muscles to be able to stay there. You know, I mean, I imagine that in his mind, he was like, well, this gravy train going to last for the rest of my life. You know, a little bit of Monica in my life little bit of Rita on my mind. And now you got him, you know, doing American Express commercials 20 years later without another hit. I'm sure he thought that that rocket was going to the moon no matter what. And it sort of backfires a little bit, you know? So uh, when you get to that level and it goes away, but Rick Astley, Rick Astley's that, he seems like that type of dude that can kind of, you know, roll with the punches a little bit. He sort of gets who he is. You know, he had one big song in the 80s. Everybody loved it. It was everywhere. And then it went away and he never got an he never got another bite at the apple, if you will. He never got another opportunity to say what up. So I uh, I applaud the guy. I like him. I think he's a great dude. And of course, the Foo Fighters, brand new book that Dave Grohl's got coming out. Uh, my sister just sent it to me the other day. Um, he's been on all sorts of shows lately. And that is a rock and roll story. That, man, you want to talk about a dude who has just like seen the ups and downs, the storyteller. That's what it's called. Uh, going to be coming out October 4th is when it drops. But uh, the autobiography of Dave Grohl, who is just like the sweetest dude on the planet. You know, we talk about like birthdays and stuff. The best birthday gift I ever got was watching the Foo Fighters play inside of a guy's garage up in Maplewood. And to this day, I thought like those guys, oh, they're the Foo Fighters. They're playing a show the next night at the XL Energy Center. It's the first night of their tour. I imagine what, what they'll probably do is, you know, play three, four songs for the fans and then call it a day and then have to go play like their big show three hours at the XL Energy Center the next night. And that was not the case, man. Those dudes cranked out an hour and a half of music inside of a fucking guy's garage. I still got all the pictures up on Facebook and it's incredible. Like how cool those dudes were and just the stories that they they can just like, they rip off. It was great. I was talking to, uh, to Chris from the Foo Fighters, who's got a great story on top of it. 
you know, a guy was like playing in punk bands and couldn't really find his footing and was kind of playing all over the place. And he was playing for no use for a name who I loved. And I saw him on the Warp Tour OzFest combo. And he told this great story about after that show, he missed the bus and some dude at a campsite was like, I'm driving to Kansas City. I'll give you a ride. And he drove him all the way to Kansas City and caught up with his group like 20 minutes before he had to get on stage. Great story. Great guy. Everybody in that band's awesome. And then uh, Pat Smear from the Foo Fighters, originally from Nirvana, uh, who also played in, was it Sunny Day Real Estate with Nate from the Foo Fighters? I can't remember. Anyway, um, when he came back to the Foo Fighters, Chris was like, oh, shit, like they were out. I'm gonna, They're going to boot me out of this band. And Pat was like, absolutely not, dude. Like you're in this band. I'm, we'll just add more guitars. Why not? Shit, we already got three. Keep, keep them rolling, dude. So... And then they add Frank into the mix. And now I believe all together, is it six dudes? Six dudes, seven dudes that roll with the Foo Fighters. It's tough to keep track of all that. But uh, Taylor Hawkins too, man, like super nice guy. When we were all hanging out afterwards, I got uh, I got a couple of pieces. You can kind of see in the background of the Instagram live. That's kind of where I keep the collection of all the, uh, you know, signed memorabilia and stuff. And when... Uh, when those guys like signed all your records, they told like great stories about it. You know, I had those guys sign like an old backstage pass and they were like, Oh my God, I totally remember this show. And they're just like fucking cool. Like that's what you want in, you know, your celebrities. You want guys that have tons of great stories that can easily, you know, sit. I was telling my brother-in-law about this the other day. Do you guys remember the dudes from, you remember that band filter? Uh, the Hey man, nice shot. If you don't remember this song, there was a band called Filter and these guys were on top of the world for, I bet, probably about nine months. And then they completely pittered away. They had this song called Hey Man, Nice Shot. It was like in every goddamn Matrix trailer. It was in, you know, it was on like TV commercials. And then they had another song after that called Take My Picture. I can't remember the name of that song, but anyways, this is, you'll recognize it. It's a great song, great hook, like that bass line. I had a friend of mine that actually tried out for this band, and they said, you're good, you just don't hit hard enough. And I'm like, dude, you pound on those drums, so I don't know what they're expecting. But anyway, so these guys roll into town, Filter's playing a show. It was sponsored by the radio station I was working at. They come into town. And the dudes from Filter, <clears throat> everybody in that band, super cool, except for the lead singer. His name is, uh, is it not Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick is the dude from Terminator 2, the liquid Terminator. His brother is Richard Patrick. There we go, Richard Patrick. Richard Patrick is the lead singer of Filter. So these guys come into town to do this show, and while we're all doing like the listener meet and greet and all that shit, this cat... While they're getting all like the listeners and all the record people like ready to do the photo, they go, uh, okay, ready time to take the photo. Richard, do you want to step over? And he's sitting at like a table with his arms folded and he goes, no. It was like, okay, so how the hell are we going to take this photo? And he kind of leans over to like his manager and his manager, he says something into his ear and his manager pops up and he's like, Okay, everybody, change of plans. We're actually going to bring everybody on this side of the table. So why don't you come on over? That motherfucker made like 25 people move to the other side of the tent to get behind him so that he didn't have to get up off of his chair. Like, what a fucking dick move, right? What an asshole. 
I remember leaving that show going, wow, what a prick. I have so like lost. And I like that first, that first filter record. I thought it was great. They had so much potential. And after that happened, I was just like, I'm out. You know, like when uh, you see somebody and they're like, they're super hot. And then you talk to them and you're like, you're a fucking asshole. Why would I ever talk to you? You're such a dick. What the fuck, man? Uh, that's why the, that's what I got from filter. I just went piss on and I'm out. So that show happens fast forward, like maybe about nine years after that, Richard Patrick filter had already gone away. Richard Patrick starts singing for this group called army of anyone. It's with the DeLeo brothers and the guys from stone temple pilots. And they're out on tours. I think there's a first tour on their first record and they come to myth in Maplewood. This is a cool music venue. I don't even know if it's around anymore. I haven't seen a show at Myth in forever, but used to go there quite a bit. So the guys from Army of Anyone, Richard Patrick from Filter, and the guys from Stone Temple Pilots are doing a meet and greet. And while we're at the meet and greet, this is a whole new different Richard Patrick. Like he's a really funny guy. And he's being sort of like jovial with listeners and he's like taking photos and selfies and he's like making faces. And I'm like, this is not the same dude that I remember from nine years ago. So everybody kind of clears out and it's uh, myself, the DeLeo brothers, Richard Patrick. And uh, the guy says, um, Richard Patrick is like really kind of talking, you know, to me and like another coworker of mine. And he's being like super cool. And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, man. He goes, um, he goes, so have you guys seen Army of Anyone play? I mean, we've had like, we've been on tour for like six months. Have you guys seen us yet? I said, no, I haven't. I haven't seen you play with Army of Anyone, but I did see you play with Filter. And he goes, oh, no kidding. Where, where'd you see me play with Filter? And I said, well, I saw you guys play at uh, Local Bazooka. And he stops for a moment. He goes, ooh, which stop? And I go, um, I go, Local Bazooka was in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And he's like, oh, yeah. He was like, uh, was I a big asshole? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you were. You were a huge asshole. And he goes, dude, I am. Wow. Was I an asshole to you? And I'm like, well, not to me, but like the other people around. He's like, I was going through a thing. I apologize. I'm so sorry. I can't. Yes, I I totally. I was going through a thing during that tour and like the a year before that and probably two years after that. And I was everything I ever wanted in life. I got it. And I was still miserable. And couldn't figure out why. So, because, you know, you're like, oh my God, if I only had some money or a girlfriend, or if I dated that guy, I'll be happy. And then you get that guy or you date that girl or you get that money and you're still fucking miserable. And now you're even more miserable because you can't, haven't figured out where the misery is coming from because you've attained the thing that you thought would bring you joy and be careful what you wish for. Because sometimes it'll come back to kick you in the ass, man. All I ever wanted in my life for years was to do afternoon drive at 93X. And when I got that job, my first day on the job, I was like, this can't be it. I worked eight years for this. This can't be it. I'm not done. I have so much more creatively I want to do. What the fuck? I worked so hard. And now this is it. This is all it is. Okay, well, fucking great. That's awesome. But he was uh, he was very apologetic about what, he had, ha- what had happened with the guys from uh, Filter on that tour. And I thought, all right, I'm back on board. I'll... I'll give Filter another shot. And ever since then, I haven't seen him since that night. I mean, Christ, even that was like nine years ago. Now the local bazooka show was like 20 years ago. But now I'm like looking back on it like, okay, that was cool. I'm glad that he had that moment to rectify and apologize. Because maybe it was drugs. Maybe it was alcohol. Maybe he does kind of 
He's going through that process of like, I have to make amends with people. So even the smallest of infractions, he has to stop himself and go, fucking sorry about that, man. Sorry. I apologize. I thought that was nice. I thought that was really nice. You guys remember that band uh, Theory of a Dead Man? Theory of a Dead Man was around for ever. That was another band that like had a really big bite at the apple. And those dudes actually, they had a uh, a song that came out and Nickelback Remember fucking Nickelback? God. So Nickelback gets, um, Nickelback like gives their stamp of approval on this band called Theory of a Dead Man. And Theory of a Dead Man was like, fuck. (laughs) All right, we'll do one tour with you guys. And then we're going to have to call it a day. But uh, the guys from Theory of a Dead Man, really, really cool. And I I, I was working for a radio station on the East Coast WGIR, Manchester, New Hampshire. Here's Theory of a Dead Man. Had that typical 2000s rock sound to them, you know? Just like, I mean, every band sounded like this. Daughtry, fucking you name it. It's never enough to say I'm sorry. Like super chunky guitars all tuned down. They got a music video with a hot chick in it. Everybody sounded and did the exact same thing, man, you know? It's just where we were at. So while we are uh, working at WGIR, we had this thing called Sky Show. Sky Show was a big deal on the East Coast. And they go, uh, they go, hey, Theory of a Dead Man's playing. Can you run down just south of town and pick them up at their hotel and bring them back in a van? So I go down, meet them at this hotel. They get in the vehicle. We start driving up. Lead singer of the band is way in the back of the van, and he's on the phone, and he's kind of being loud. You know, loud, loud talkers on their cell phones. And the fucking guy is just back there and he's like, what do you mean you're out of money? I just sent you money. He's like, you can't be doing this. He's like, every time I send you money, you call me like two days later and tell me that you're out. He's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, well, um, um, all right, fine. Like, listen, I'll call my mom. She'll drop it. Fuck. Like, stop. You keep fucking blowing through my cash. The guy sitting next to me is like their bass player. And I go, uh. I look over and the guy looks at me and he kind of rolls his eyes like, fucking Jesus Christ. I go, uh, I go, um, I go, yeah. Um, so what's, uh, what's been going on? And he goes, this, this is what's been going on. Jesus Christ. He's like, it's fucking every day. And he, now he's talking loud. So the dude in the back can hear him like, Hey, would you shut the fuck up? Cause I'm tired of listening to you argue with your girlfriend all the time about this. So the dude, the dude's still on the phone. We start driving through Manchester. Manchester is packed, by the way. Packed with people. It's Sky Show. The fucking bars are packed. Everybody's downtown. Everybody's partying. We go down. I'm trying to get this like back alleyway to get us in. And Manchester, New Hampshire, if you've ever been, Manchester, New Hampshire is the city that was like built like in the like mid-1800s. It is packed with people. It was packed with like factory workers because the river runs right through it. So what they could do is they could manufacture a bunch of stuff. If you could kind of go down by the river, it's nothing but like old factories that have been refurbished into either apartments or like commercial real estate. But all these old factories would basically make a bunch of shit and then they'd put it on a boat and then the boat would ship it down to Boston. So we're kind of going through these back alley, like cobble street alleys and shit. And all of a sudden we kind of, there's this old corner bar you know, it was like a diagonal door that was on a corner that led into this alley. And all of a sudden, man, like 15 dudes come piling out of it. 
just swinging at each other. It's like a melee. Everybody's beating the shit out of each other. Like people are jumping out of cars. One guy gets thrown under the hood of the van. They slam into it. The guys from Theory of a Dead Man are like, what the fuck? I go to stick it in reverse. I can't back up because like we're stuck because I got cars behind me. I'm like, shit, I don't know what to do. They all lock the doors. People are pounding on the van. They're beating the shit out of each other. It all happens in a span of like 19 seconds. And then all of a sudden it just stops. And everybody walks away. I was like, that was the craziest shit I've ever seen. So I'm up in, uh, I, I finally moved to Minneapolis. I tell that story to somebody. And about six months after I tell that story, those guys are hanging out with Theory of a Dead Man. My phone rings. I pick it up. I'm like, hello. And they're like, hey, man, um, that story about Theory of a Dead Man, wh- what was what happened with the, with the thing? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was driving the van, and then I relayed the story. And I hear the guys in the background. They all start laughing. They're like, hang on a second. They hand the phone over to one of the guys from Theory of a Dead Man, and he goes, holy shit. He's like, I 1,000% remember we were driving in the van. Dude was in the back seat, bitching at his girlfriend. Fucking melee starts. People beat the shit out of each other. And then it all just stopped, and we just drove away. And I'm like, yep. And he's like, holy shit. He's like, you're the guy. I'm like, I'm the guy. <laughs> it was great that those guys like validated that story. Cause that sounds like something that, you know, up until like the advent of the internet, you could get away with telling shit like that. You know, chunk from Goonies. He's like, Michael Jackson used my bathroom. Okay. He didn't, but his sister did. Well, fucking what are you going to, I mean, obviously it's a bullshit story, but you know, you can get away with that. You can't really go back and fact check, but I don't know. I thought about that uh, as we were talking about these dudes from filter and holy shit. Uh, Scooter, holy shit, Rudy, how many lives have you led? Too many, too many. As I've said, I would so much rather, I would so much rather just like have called it a day and just been a plumber, you know? But it's like you are where you are. You're doing what you're doing because you're supposed to be doing it that way. It'd have been nice to just like go to trade school, become a plumber, you know, work your six and a half to eight hours a day, come home, fuck around. Nobody calling you. Nobody asking you for shit. You know, none of this garbage of staying up. Fuck, I was up to like 11 last night trying to get stuff done. It's like, yeah, you know, it's a good life. If anybody asks, like, you know, I'm thinking about getting into show business. What should I do? I'm like, fucking get a welding torch. Trust me. In the long run, dude, you'll have money to boot. You'll have health. You know, you'll be goddamn running around. All the I'm telling you, it's a much better life. Find that one thing, you know. Our parents did it. My mom's been a nurse for 40 years. Most of our parents found that job, that one job. You got a job at the post office, worked at 35 years, get your gold watch, go home. Not us, man. No, no, no. There's more out there for me. No, there's not. Trust me. There's not. Hey, man, I'm bigger than this place. No, you're not. You're not. You're totally not. I hate to break it to you, but you're not. That is the one thing I do get tired of hearing about. Like 24-year-old 24-year-olds on Instagram just being like, you need to follow your heart. I'm like, no, you need to fucking, you got a kid. You got to follow your fucking, Mike Rowe, who I always feel weird when I say his name. We should call him Michael Michael Rowe because Mike Rowe sounds like we're talking about something small. But Mike Rowe had basically said like, hey, listen, you can have your dreams and aspirations, but when somebody's offering you a paycheck, you better take it. You better figure that out too. Follow, Follow some cash every once in a while. I feel like it's a bad message to be sending people, you know? Now, obviously, if 
you're mentally being beaten down at work and you can't take it anymore and it's tough. I get having to like move out. You got to go find something different. But if it's a good job and it pays well and everybody's like kind of happy where you're at, you don't need to create problems. That's what our brains do. Our brains are just like, well, life is pretty sweet. So I'm just going to go ahead and make problems because that's your brain basically has to solve problems, does it not? So when it doesn't have problems to solve, that's why it makes problems. That's why we have all this extra bullshit that we're constantly always arguing about, like, you know, uh, Pepe Le Pew. Hey, we can't have a skunk that's romantic because, you know, what about like, what about rape culture? Well, fucking, okay, listen, I know it's a huge problem, but if you were like trying to sow oats, <laughs> you know, or fucking till the fields, we wouldn't be bitching about fucking Pepe Le Pew. All I'm saying is plant some corn. If you don't think, if you, listen, every time I figured it out, um, Pete Holmes, I've been trying to like put it into words. And then the great comedian Pete Holmes basically said, uh, whenever you're having those like feelings of, you know, you're talking shit about somebody or you're sitting there going, why did that person get it? And I didn't, why is all that happening? You're not working hard enough because once you get your mind off of it, then you're done. Then you don't have to think about all that stuff because you're too committed to that thing that you were trying to do. And that makes a huge difference. So I don't know. I just always say, man, like just try to fucking start working a little bit harder, figuring it out, you know? Go be a plumber. Get a welding torch. None of this nine jobs bullshit. It's difficult. Uh, Speaking of, as I said, if you just hopped onto the uh, Instagram live feed, we're going to be doing a couple of shows. One tonight, House of Comedy for a Storyteller Showcase. Uh, I'll be up on stage. I think show starts at 7.30. After that, coming up next Friday, October 9th, I'm at Sisyphus, excuse me, October 8th at Sisyphus Brewing. October 9th, City Winery in New York City. October 22nd will be at the Hogs Breath in Roseville and November 18th at Joker's Comedy Club. That's going to be in Grantsburg, Wisconsin. All those details, I'll get them up here on Facebook and Instagram momentarily. Merchandise, you can find it at rudypovich.com. Get your stuff. Uh, Not only my personal merchandise, but also for a long walk to Cleveland and find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher. Once again, you guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Hang on a second. Three of you dead, man. Get out of there. It's uh, It's not even one of their good songs. Wait a minute. Now, hang on. Now that we're here, now that I got to bring it up, uh, they're not even dead, man. It's going to kill me if I don't find this song. There was one song that they played. Oh, this song was so good. This is like one of, remember I told you about, uh, what is it? Season, season eight, episode 12 of Scrubs. If you ever see me listening to that song curled up in a ball, it's, I mean, I'm going through a rough patch, but this song Theory of a Dead Man's The Last Song. There we go. I just thought of it as we were shutting down the podcast. It's got a good hook. It's a, you know, it kind of blasts out. It, I don't know. This was one of those songs that you heard it and went, okay, why is, why is it that we have to hear Nickelback's photograph a million fucking times, but this song, you guys can't figure it out? Like, really good guitar work. Like, I don't know. There's something about this song I just always thought was just so... Sort of like one of these, like, detuned... I don't know, it was a great song. You listen to it, like, just lyrically, you go, okay, this guy's kind of bent through some shit. Singing about moms. I get it. 
See? Not bad. Yeah. There's a couple of, every now and again, I know like we kind of poo-poo on bands that are, you know, sort of in the spotlight and bands that have quote unquote made it. Nah, that music sucks. I'm like, they're still good musicians, you know? Like, I don't like Nickelback songs, but I do understand that they are very good musicians. Like, you can't be that big and not be good. I don't like their music. I'm just saying, you know, I don't like ICP, the Insane Clown Posse, but they have a talent for what they do. You know, they're good at what they do. Just what they do is not good, I guess. So there you go. We'll end on that note. I'm glad we found that song. I dig it. Check those guys out. Not bad. Yep. Yep. Lindsay. Ooh, hits you in the feels, doesn't it? I know. It's a good song. It's too bad too many people don't wreck. They just hear like their poppy hits and just go, no, we're good. Mm, moving away. Check that song out. I dig those guys. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and Stitcher. And every day, 9.45 a.m., we go live on Instagram. Again, thank you guys so much for taking a long walk to Cleveland. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.